Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 147 of Buds and Blue Jays. This is your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm Jesse Burrell, joined as Riley McConnell, and we've got a lot to talk about on our show here today. The Blue Jays are now into the depths of the offseason here and still haven't done much to improve their team going into next season, but that doesn't mean they're not trying, and there are so many rumors circulating around this team. We're going to touch on all the big ones here. Plus, Riley, you and I are going to get into a little free agent draft and see which of the players we really do want to see become Toronto Blue Jays, plus a whole bunch of minor minor news and some rapid-fire fun at the end of the episode. But first, Riley, we're into the depths of the offseason. We are almost into December. How are you feeling so far? I'm honestly two words, bored and cold. Uh, <laughs> yes. there's, like, what are we supposed to do right now? Like, it's all hearsay at this point with um with allegations of you know who's going where and and the Shohei sweepstakes and and other very very notable players. But uh, I mean, like, hey, what are we supposed to do? Uh, we're probably gonna do a lot of spitballing in this episode. I mean, a baseball team now consists of. To, you know, 26 or 28 players in a 40-man roster. I mean, you could go a lot of ways. The Blue Jays can certainly go a lot of ways. And in, in some form, you can make a recipe for a pennant, a World Series winning team. Like, it's out there somewhere. There's some good guys yep. available to complement mm-hmm. the, the players we already have. And, uh, like, I mean, we like some, player A more than player B, say, but um, – you know, you know, everyone's, you know, got a particular taste of who they like. And, you know, we're all over Twitter and we've read some pretty, you know, intelligent things. And then sometimes some pretty unintelligent things <laughs> Jesse, on, on players they should acquire. But hey, like, who am I to judge? Who am I to say, really? I mean, everyone has their own take on uh, on who's who and uh, the value of some guys. But yeah, to summarize it, I mean, we're knocking on the door. Tomorrow's December 1st, man. It's uh, it's going to get it's cold. It's clearly not baseball season. And, you know, I, I'm looking forward to uh, some sort of news and, and hopefully, you know, a big, big alert on my phone for the Toronto Blue Jays acquire such and such a player. That would be nice. That would be a great early Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. And de- definitely get me in a warm mood. Well, the Blue Jays haven't done anything significant as of note, unless you count cutting Adam Simber off this team, something significant as of note. But other than that, look, the winter meetings, Riley, are next week. So usually that is when the big things happen. I remember last offseason, over $1 billion of free agent contracts were handed out at the winter meeting. So that start next week. That would be my guess on when th- big things happen for the Toronto Blue Jays. But first, guys, remember, please, if you are here, like the video, subscribe to the channel. We've been doing this for a while. We're going to stick with it all offseason. You can bet if the Blue Jays make a trade for so-and-so such player, you can bet we're going to be here reacting to the player, giving you all the takes that you need so you can make it. You can sound smart in front of your friends when they ask you about uh, Toronto Blue Jays stuff and all that. Make sure you follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And thank you for everyone who's been throwing us on their Spotify wrapped. We got a few of you out there. You know, Thank you for your support and all that stuff. But Riley, with that being said, are you ready to get into some trade rumors? Let's dive right. Give me something. I'm I'm ready to nibble. I'm ready to bite on whatever you got, Jesse. All right. Well, the first one is obvious. We've talked about it on other episodes in the past, but it goes without saying. And that's Riley Shohei Otani. Is he going to be a Blue Jay? Look, at first when we talked about it, we thought, hey, he's the best player in baseball. It sure would be great. He's a two-time MVP. But first we thought, well, the Blue Jays haven't really gone that route before. But Riley, as we get further into this offseason, things seem to really start creeping up that the Blue Jays might actually get this guy. In fact, the score sports book at one point had the Blue Jays as second favorites only behind the Dodgers to land the international superstar. And it's from reports that are going around. It seems like it's really between us, the Dodgers and the Cubs. So Riley, I don't know about you, but I'm starting to really get excited and really feel like this could be real for the Toronto Blue Jays on a scale of one to 10. Riley, how likely do you think it is that Shohei Otani will actually become a Toronto Blue Jay this winter? Well, first of all, Jesse, as as you know, and uh, like we were we were talking on the phone, you know, probably an hour and a half ago, um, just go- talking about a couple things baseball related, and I said to you, I, I I'm reading all this stuff. I am I myself am getting not a little bit excited to be let down. I, there is there was a z- there was a zero percent chance at some point that we were going to land Shohei. It is now if you're going over and talk about three different ball clubs. If you cut those, you know, equally, we have a 33 point infinite three percent chance to land Shohei Otani. Sure, all things um, considered, equal. Of yeah. Of course, Jesse, I would, you know, it would be 
kind of stupid not to mention the Dodgers and their success in signings with Japanese and international pitchers. Um, you know, it's a big market. Um, I mean, that scares me a little bit. Uh, you know, especially him already being kind of established in Los Angeles. I mean, e, that's I still don't want to get excited. We there is a there is a still a great chance that we could land him. But until the Dodgers are eliminated from the equation, I personally don't want to get my hopes up. And I don't think anyone else should either. He's the best player in the world. He's probably the best at his sport. Um, if you look, mm-hmm. you know, basketball, LeBron James, Connor McDavid, hockey. I mean, Shohei Otani in baseball is just, he holds so much more value than the player after him, whoever you want to insert there. Um, it's crazy. And whoever lands Shohei, Shohei Otani has a generational superstar. He's going to get paid. He's going to get the years to play Major League Baseball in that contract. And yeah, I mean, if let's pretend for a second, I go all in. I'm super, I would be super excited jumping up and down from where I stand if I heard the news that Shohei was a Toronto Blue Jay. But again, there is a chance that we don't land him. So don't get your hopes too high. But at the same time, too, Jesse, could you imagine <laughs> if Shohei yeah. Otani was a Blue Jay? I mean, it, he would be the best player that we've ever brought in as a free agent. He might be maybe the best athlete um, to wear the blue and white for us. It would be bigger than when the Blue Jays signed Roger Clemens back then. It would be bigger than when we traded for Cy Young Award winner R.A. Dickey. It would be bigger than probably any free agent signing the Blue Jays have literally ever made. Even when we traded for Ricky Henderson at the deadline in 93, like this move would beat all of that. Um, Two things I want to mention on Shohei Otani. You're right. Until the Dodgers are officially out of the running, it does seem hard to do because, look, Japanese player, he has a huge following over in Japan. Being on the West Coast is just better for the viewership of the people in Japan to watch him. But And think MLB as an organization would probably hate it if Shohei Otani came to the Blue Jays, which I think is dumb because... Look, the Blue Jays are a good team. They're a great and great watch. We've been watching them for years, but I think MLB as a whole would rather him stay, go to the Dodgers, go to New York, go to one of these high market teams. So they might not like that. And two, if the Blue Jays do decide to pay five hundred plus million dollars to um, Shohei Otani, they have to go through Rogers. They have to convince more than just Mark Shapiro, for example. They have to convince a ton of shareholders why this is a good financial investment for the Toronto Blue Jays. Which look, Shohei Otani, superstar, massive following. He would drive thousands, if not millions of dollars to Rogers and to the Blue Jays if this happens. So I don't think that's hard to do, but it is just another barrier. For what it's worth though, Ross Atkins was asked about Shohei Otani and like if he has commitment from ownership to do so. And he said, quote, we have an incredible opportunity here. The city, the country, the support of ownership, the winning environment. He also mentioned the renovations, which I don't think Shohei Otani is going to see the renovations at Rogers Center and be like, that's it. That's why I need to join the Blue Jays. But look, all things considered, there is smoke here and there is a chance it could happen. So stay tuned. Yeah. I, again, Jesse, um, we can dream on that. It's certainly a move that every, every player um, on the, on the Jays want. I mean, you just, you crave a, a baseball player like that. It instantly makes your team uh, like a, it's, you're a war machine. If you are any team with Shohei Otani, you can create damage. That's exactly it, right? The Blue Jays have two years away to win the World Series. Look, let's like if you sign Shohei Otani to a five hundred million dollar extension for ten years, and the Jays do not win a World Series within the next two or three years, you are on the books for that contract for a long, long time. You saw how the big Albert Pujols contract worked with the Angels when he was just a middling player for a long time. You also run the risk of injuries. Look, we know Shohei Otani is not going to pitch next season. He's going to be a DH only. Now he is still probably an MVP caliber hitter if he's literally just hitting. But still, you run that risk of really, you know, what if his arm falls off and he can never pitch again? You know, it's it's tough to pay somebody $500 million for that. Um, so there is always the risk of that, too, with um, Otani and the Blue Jays. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got to say on Otani, Riley. If, if it happens, we'll touch on it. If it doesn't, we'll touch on it, too. And uh, I'm really excited about that. Yep. We're, I, I mean, we don't want <clears throat> to run the clock on it too much and, and take up too much of your time with with, you know, what could or couldn't happen. When, when it happens, 
Mm-hmm. You'll be, we'll, you know, we'll talk about it, whether he is with us or not. It is, it has to be talked about in Major League Baseball or on any baseball platform. We just hope it's with us, of course, but we'll see what happens. Scale of one to 10, Riley. How confident are you he becomes a Blue Jay? Mm, two. Two. I, I'm, two. I'm gonna go four and a half. That's, I think I'm more up there. You and your anymore. you and Isaac and your halves, eh? <laughs> you just can't just can't never can pick a whole number. Drives me up the walls. <laughs> well, you let us know in the comments down below how much you think, and uh, Riley would love it if he threw some decimal points in there. So yeah. please make sure you do that on there. Um, well, there are other rumors going around the Toronto Blue Jays. Last episode we talked, are the Blue Jays actually considering offers for Boba Shett and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, Ross Atkins in his press conference didn't rule it out. He did admit he is taking phone calls on the two players because, of course, he is. It's his job. You have to listen to these things. But it does seem like very likely that those two aren't going anywhere, which we we said last episode would be very dumb if the Blue Jays decide to do that. He said, quote, Boba Shett is going to be our shortstop next year. So that is good. That is all positive good news. I've got some other guys, Riley, we haven't mentioned in last episodes that probably won't be on the move. But there is some buzz around the industry that might happen. And the first one is this one, Riley. Remember last offseason, um, the Blue Jays were buzzing. I th- maybe it was two offseasons ago when we were talking about getting Jose Ramirez out of Cleveland. And there was a lot of talk before. Eventually, just before spring, he signed a five-year extension in Cleveland. Well, Cleveland and the Bally Sports uh, organization are kind of going through a bankruptcy issue. So a lot of these smaller market teams, Milwaukee, for example, we've seen them do a bunch of selling off. Um, Cleveland is another one where they might have to sell off some pieces. And if they do, Jose Ramirez could be available for trade, Riley. So if that does happen, what's your interest level in Jose Ramirez as a Toronto Blue Jay? Jose Ramirez as a Toronto Blue Jay would be a... Jesse, we're at an issue with um, if Chapman comes back. Um, sure. From the qualifying and I assume off- if Chapman's back, he doesn't yeah. get it. He doesn't, we don't get it. Yes. So. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take a, a wild guess and say that and Matt Chapman's going to sign with another ball club. We I get would a, assume so. We get a compensatory pick. All is good at the end of the day. Jose Ramirez is one of the best third basemen in all of baseball. He's a five-tool player, and he plays a, a significant spot in the batting order and as a switch hitter, too. I mean, when you talk about guys that are going to do damage in the middle of the order and be basically kind of a perennial superstar player like he was with the Guardians, he could do the exact same thing with the Toronto Blue Jays. He's mm-hmm. been Absolutely. in the league a long time. He's, I mean, you could you could say that he has been one of the steadiest MLB players, you know, for the better part, you know, of the, the last six, seven years, he's been one of the most valuable players in all of Major League Baseball. And you want, I mean, we're, I like to say complimentary pieces. When you say a name like Jose Ramirez, he's not really a complimentary piece, of course. Um, he's a middle of the lineup guy. He is your superstar. Of course, there's going to have to be a, some shared spotlight in there somewhere. But when I, what comes into my head at first is when you say Jose Ramirez, and if he does land in Toronto, you have Jose Ramirez on third base and Bo Bichette at shortstop. I love when the left side of your your diamond is you know not only going to be competitive defensively, but there are two guys who hit at the top of your order. You're doing something right there because I mean we do have a lot of good bats, and I think I love I love a switch hitter. I love a switch hitter yes, in the middle. Always of your have, line- yep. In the middle of your lineup you know, that can hit well from both sides of the plate. Cause we talk about left-handed bats, but you know, what's better than a left-handed bat, a switch hitter, because he can also, sure. he can also go against left-handed pitchers from his strong suit from the right side of the plate. Um, he's, you know, Jose Ramirez, I think it was our inaugural kind of uh, off season, Jesse, that we talked about Jose Ramirez and what, and what mm-hmm. he can do in an impact that I'm just looking, you know, at his, his projections, I'm on uh, baseball reference now, and pretty much, you know, OPS around 850 with the with That's an impact. 87%. It's, it's, it's a high-impact piece, Jesse. Yeah. You're not going to get into too much other things, but you're talking about a top player in Major League Baseball. You know, he's uh, 4.4 war shy of 50 and kind of halfway through his career. So he could potentially, Jesse, I'm just saying, um, he's on kind of path to – 
reach Hall of Fame as far as wins above replacement. If you want to say 100 war gets you into the Hall of Fame, I mean, he's certainly on track. Now, of course, age has, you know, you can digress. And if we do get Jose Ramirez and, you know, is he going to digress? I don't necessarily think so. I think he's been a very, like I said, he's been one of the best and steady players over the past six, seven years in Major League Baseball. Look, we know the Blue Jays are just trying to acquire impact and high impact pieces. Um, Ross Atkins said just that in his last thing. Um, an 850 OPS bat would be high impact. I just, two years after signing a five year extension, I don't think Cleveland is ready to move on from him yet. But keep tabs on this. If the Blue Jays say they miss on Otani, say they miss on Juan Soto, say they miss on something else, that could be a name. Look, I know I'm in the camp of um, let Matt Chapman walk, let's sign a a kind of mediocre-ish third baseman that can play, that can platoon with Kevin Biggio at third base for the first half of the season until like a Barger or Elvis Martinez or something like that is ready. But look, the Blue Jays need a hole on third base. And if you think acquiring a third baseman is the best way to high impact this team, then they could probably do that. Which brings me to my next trade rumor that the Blue Jays are interested in. And there is some buzz going around that the Blue, um, that the Houston Astros might actually be looking to move off of Alex Bregman, who's been a long-time stable for them. Lots of playoff moments. Played alongside George Springer with Houston there for a long time. But he's got one year left on his deal until he reaches free agents. So there is some buzz going around that Alex Bregman could be on the move. I guess similar to Jose Ramirez, Riley, do you have a thought on Bregman becoming a Toronto Blue Jay? I, I certainly have my th- thoughts. Um on Alex Bragman again, him playing for the Houston Astros, it would be a situation of I'm probably going to be more hard um, on on Alex Bragman. I think again, you're talking a little bit of a step down from what Jose Ramirez would be uh, value wise, impact wise. But of course, I mean Bragman's still a great third baseman. These are not replacement level guys. These are guys that are in the middle of your lineup. These are guys that are everyday players. Um, my only issue with Bragman is, is, is really, and it's a big one, is that, you know, he's, he's not quite 30 years old or just at 30 years old now, um, whatever he is. He's 29, and, you know, he's, he, his, the last couple seasons, he's kind of fallen off to where he was pre, pre-COVID. You know, 2017 to 2019, did some really good things with Houston, and then the last couple seasons – you know, hasn't really replicated those numbers, especially in the power department. And I think the the piece that we really need to get is a, is going to have to be a run producer. And if if Bragman's not going to be able to kind of replicate the twenty uh, you know seventeen or twenty nineteen um, statistics that he put forward, or twenty sorry twenty eighteen twenty nineteen, then I, I don't really think I want him. I don't want a guy who's going to hit. 22 home runs. I want that Bragman. If Bragman's going to hit between 35 and 40, that's the Alex Bragman I want. And I think that's going to be the Alex Bragman that you're kind of paying for. I know that he's not a free agent, but in trade wise, uh, because he has played like that superstar level guy, I just personally don't think it's the right move for the Blue Jays. And again, it's 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 going to be uh, when his when his contract's up, he's going to be he's going to hit the free agent market and he's going to get paid. He's he's this is a third baseman that's always going to get paid. He's going to find a spot on every ball club until he really digresses because he has showed Jesse because of the upside that a player like Bragman has. He's always going to find a spot in the lineup. He could be having a just a terrible year, but I feel like he's just going to be one of those guys going back to, you know, hitting, you know, finishing second in MVP voting and hitting over 40 home runs because, hey, there's a chance if you do it once, you can do it again. He's not a necessarily, you know, old player, but at the same time, too, like, I have nothing to really go off or believe that he's going to return to that kind of caliber of player. So as far as Bragman goes, me personally, I'm definitely out on Alex Bragman. See, Riley, it's rare because I think um, the minority of people or the majority of people would probably say Alex Bregman. He's been a long time like playoff contributor. He's been good for most of his career. But I'm with you, dude. I also don't have much interest in Alex Bregman at all. And I want to pull up his uh, hit chart 
onto the screen here. And I'll do just that so you can see it if you're watching on YouTube. But if you look to like his StatCast page and Baseball Savant page, I'm really noticed about his hit chart. And look at all those home runs that went to the left center field fence there. That is probably um, a portion of the Crawford boxes in Houston where it is easier to hit a home run out to left field than any other ballpark in Major League Baseball. And Alex Bregman, I think, has feasted on those uh, Crawford boxes for years. Because if you look at the Baseball Savant stats, like his barrel rate, 21st percentile, that's like in the bottom fifth of the league for barrels. His hard hit percentage is very low. Look, he's got good plate discipline. He doesn't strike out much and he walks a lot. And that has been part of the good value. But his arm strength is in the bottom half of the league. His sprint speed's in the bottom half of the league. It's really hard to see a guy over the age of 30 get any better with that. And I don't think it's going to happen with Alex Bregman. So I would like to stay clear of that guy there. I'm glad we are on the same page with that guy there and Alex Bregman. The only other rumor, Riley, I had that came up is the Blue Jays might look into trading somebody off of their start current starting rotation in order to acquire impact at other places. And look, I'm thinking about it. Um, Alec Manoa, they made a comment on Alec Manoa. We've had our debates about Alec Manoa, but Ross Atkins, either he said he seems optimistic that he is going to come into camp and he's going to be better. Take that for a grain of salt or whatever it's worth. Maybe it's to boost up his trade value. I do not know. But your other four guys in the rotation, Brios is locked up long-term. Bassett's got two more years. Gosman's around till 2027. Um, and Kikuchi would be the only one who's a free agent after next season. But... I really think the Blue Jays pitching depth, especially starting pitching depth, really does need to be addressed. If anything, we need to be adding to that offensive or to that pitching rotation and not throwing it away because you are one Gosman injury or Alec Manoa it doesn't do it well and say, for God's sake, Barrios or Yusei Kikuchi revert back into the 2021 forms or 2022 forms, then your starting rotation is in trouble. And that's the last thing this Toronto Blue Jays team needs. So what are your thoughts on maybe moving someone off of our rotation to get impact somewhere else? I, I think personally that that's a silly move, Jesse. Is, is you I agree. Because I agree. That, that tells me, Jesse, um, that tells me that they're making room for, first of all, Mitch White that they yeah. want Mitch White to pitch it on our major league rotation. And hey, like I get that he was good and in, in AAA to end the season. Like, but I want to keep those pieces, those four starting pitchers, Jesse, that we had this year. Like, we don't touch them. Like, we have no reason to believe that Kikuchi's gonna have an off year. Also, we keep we we relinquished Ryu. We got let Ryu walk. We need a good left-hander, and why not a guy unique enough like Yusei Kikuchi? We saw what the soft-tossing lefty did in Hunjin Ryu, and kind of, you know, oh, the high-velocity lefty in Kikuchi had a great year. Well, he's a special kind of guy. We're keeping him. And yet, I don't think there's a lot of teams that are going to be in, interested in Barrios' contract, um, which is fine. I, In my heart, I, I believe that uh, Brios will have another successful season with the Toronto Blue Jays. And we let Bassett do his thing. And of course there's Kevin Gosman. So if anything, we leave those four guys alone. No questions asked. We wait and see, I guess if we're not going to move Alec Manoa, let's just wait and see. And we hope if that's the question, then it's like, who's in the fist spot. Okay. We got Manoa, I guess Manoa, uh, you could consider him there. Mitch White. Yeah, likely to open the camp. And then yeah. we have some young guys as well. Because I can tell you, like, if they announce the rotation and it's Bowden Francis, like, we probably didn't make enough moves. Like, there is a replacement, a slightly above replacement level starting pitcher on the free agent market that we don't have to break the bank on. But we bring a pitcher aboard, certainly, before we, uh, before we you know, trade away one of the good four starting pitchers that got us to where we were last year. We all know at this point, it wasn't our bats that got us into the postseason. It was our starting pitching. We need to keep all four of those pitchers intact and go one, two, three, four, because obviously Gosman's going to be our opening day starter and probably Kikuchi's going to be game four starter. And then between Barrios and Bassett, you can figure it out there. We need another complimentary starting pitcher. Mm -hmm. If you want to say... If you want to make Mitch White and the other guy battle it out, sure. But it would be stupid 
to trade any of those four. In my opinion, they should be untouchable, especially with the way they pitched last year. I don't know, Jesse. You could never have enough good starting pitching as far as injuries and things goes. We were very, very lucky last season. Yes, Gosman was out for a, for a, for a minute there. But as far as season-ending injury goes in, in good ace pitchers, like knock on wood, like we, we had a great, extremely lucky season. And it's there's nothing wrong with bringing in pieces that are going to add to the depth chart because I, I, I think it's stupid to get rid of any of those four names. I'm with you, Riley. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Last year, the Blue Jays, I think it was eight starting pitchers. They had um, their main five. It was Gosman, Brios, Kikuchi, um, Alec Manoa was there. Bassett was there. Hunjin Ryu came back and started. The only other West starting Park. pitchers who pitched for us, West, West Parsons pitched game 162. And that was Awful. just because we had already clinched our spot and he Awful. got rocked. He got lit Awful. up. Yep. Awful. And then the only other Blue Jay who made a start for us this year was Trevor Richards, who made three opener starts for us. So he wasn't even a starting pitcher for us either. And that was it. There is not a chance the Blue Jays go through the uh, season next year using that few amount of starting pitchers. So after the main five, look, we don't know what Alec Manoa is going to be. We can guess. But if he's just as bad as he was last year, he's not going to be around for that long. And like you said, Mitch White's next on that list. We've seen Mitch White not be effective. Maybe he's good. Maybe he turned a corner versus what he did in Buffalo. But I will still put my bet on probably not. And then you are literally lying on Bowden Francis, Wes Parsons, or hoping Ricky Tiedemann can just get on the ground, get running, and join the team. That is probably the best case scenario for the Blue Jays. And like I said, you're one injury to Kevin Gosman or Chris Bassett or something, and your rotation is in shambles. And that is the last thing we want. I really do think the Blue Jays need to be adding to this pitching rotation, much less um, getting rid of it. Any thoughts on that, Riley, before we uh, move on to our next topic? Yeah, Wes Parsons in that one game, 22 and a or 20 and a quarter earn run average and a whip um, <laughs> of 3.25 is, yeah, that's not going to do it for you. But Tiedemann, of course, is an option, Jesse, but I don't want to just automatically insert him into the rotation. We can, we can be hopeful on him, but we do need to kind of set up other plans, you know, and, mm -hmm. and let Tiedemann pitch where he's more comfortable at. Obviously, the ideal location for him is the MLB rotation, but you can't spoil a young, you know, high-touted prospect like Ricky Tiedemann. You let him, you let him pitch where he's best at because eventually he's going to be in the show. Because look, Nate Pearson was supposed to be this top of the rotation starter, and uh, that hasn't happened. And you, the last thing you want to do is to spoil that from Ricky Tiedemann. You want him to turn into a Shane McClanahan type, which is the comp I've given him, and I really do hope it comes along that way. Riley, the Blue Jays did make some moves here. Now, minor, very minor moves. In fact, they might not even matter, but we will mention them here because we are starved for content over here at Buds and Blue Jays. The Blue Jays did sign three players to minor league uh, deals, all with invites to spring training. They are Stuart Baroa, Rafael Latuigua, and Max McDowell to minor league contracts. Baroa is an outfielder. He did steal 43 bags with a 793 OPS in AA last year. Latuiga, he's a utility player, but he did have an 893 OPS, so there might be some thump into that bat a little bit. And McDowell, who's a catcher, look, he did get on base at a 365 OBP between two levels last year in 2023, but not much else to that game there. I haven't looked at his defensive stats, so maybe there's something there. But three guys to minor league deals. Are there a chance we see any of them with the show next year? I thought that the Latigua guy at some point was... I know he wasn't a high end kind of, I think he was an international guy for us, but I thought he was, he kind of has been stuck behind guys in the uh, organizational depth chart. And Baroa's, I think, been an outfielder in our system for a while. And, and this more depth pieces. I mean, not everyone can play major league baseball. Um, some guys will have to be minor league players. Um, we do have, you know, if you want to talk about outfielders, I mean, Cam Eden, got a cup of coffee. I fully expect that he yep. would be there over, you know, one of those three players. Um, I think the catcher you named, I think he's an older guy, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm not, uh, you know, a hundred percent sure. Of course, I don't think these guys have touched major league um, time at all. So, I mean, means really nothing to me. Of course, spring training invite. We will see how they do. I don't want to, you know, judge a book by its cover. 
Jesse, we watch spring training, so we'll know firsthand what we think of these guys. And I'm sure we'll have a personal conversation about what we think and then probably an on-air discussion um, when spring training resumes. But until then, if they get the invite, they're there. I'm sure they're excited and, you know, I hope them the best. But it's, you know, still a long shot, of course. We'll see what happens. Yeah, Latiqua did hit 305, 85 ribbies, stole 28 bags, 893 OPS while playing six different positions for the Bisons last year. So best case scenario, maybe he's a Whit Merrifield type player with a little extra power. So that could work out. Just a name to remind, um, keep an eye on as we get later into the season, I suppose. And the Blue Jays, uh, the baseball writers of Toronto came out with their team awards. Riley, they gave out four awards, pitcher of the year, player of the year, rookie of the year, most improved player of the year. Riley, without even knowing the names, I'm sure you can guess exactly what they came up with for these names. Did you want to take a shot at who the writers picked as pitcher, player, rookie, and most improved? Pitcher, Kevin Gosman. Nailed it, yep. Player, positional MVP, Bo Bichette. Two for two. Uh, Davis Schneider gets the ROI. No Absolutely. And what was the other one? Uh, uh, most improved, Blue Jay. So it's, it's either one of two guys. I, I mean, it depends on the chart. It's either Brios or Kikuchi. I mean, if... It was- if 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 it's Barrios, that's that's fine. But Kikuchi really improved. Who is it? It's Yusei Kikuchi, Riley. Four okay, for four. Good. Those I'm couldn't have been more obvious. Because yeah. some lists would have Barrios, but Barrios had been extremely good. It's hard to say improved when they hadn't actually reached that level. Yusei Kikuchi was on a different level for Yusei Kikuchi. Barrios, we'll just call it more back to normal. Um, I think mm-hmm. really him being in the, in the, the, you know, and getting lit up, you know, a year removed really didn't do well for, um, you know, Toronto and, and fans perception of him. Of course, he was my favorite American League central pitcher with the twins, which, yeah, that's a lot to say, you know, oh, who's your favorite shortstop in the National League West? No, he was my favorite American League central pitcher with the twins. When we got him, I thought that's great. He's going to be an ace. He's slowly building back up. And he has a he has a high ceiling, probably lower now at this point in his career. But Yusei Kikuchi really improved a ton. And I hope he can keep that level of play up moving on uh, because he, uh, Jesse, I know one of your favorite guys. He had a hell of a year last year. And if he's on, he's really going to make this team a lot better. Of course, those are four easy awards to name, uh, Jesse. There's a lot of a lot of people, you know, could have got four for four there. Riley, great stuff. Um, the crowd is going to give you a round of applause for that one. So great take there. Yeah. We love praise for Yusei Kikuchi on this podcast here, and I'd like to see some more of it going forward. But Riley, now let's have some fun here, shall we? Let's get our creative, our thinking caps on, because the Blue Jays haven't done much, but there are still a lot of big names still available. So I think it's good that you and I get on record who are our top targets, I suppose, this year to acquire. So I'm thinking we could go through and we can kind of give five names each. We can kind of alternate back and forth, do like a draft sort of, if you will, on who we really want to see as Toronto Blue Jays. You can go any route you want with this, you can literally pick, you can ignore money. You could just go, I think this guy is the best player. This would be the perfect fit. Or you could be like, well, in terms of dollars and what it would cost, or in terms of like, it's going to acquire very little prospect capital to trade for this guy. And I think it'd be a nice fit. You can go really anywhere you want with this, but I think it's good that you and I kind of get just like five names out there that we really would like to see in a dream scenario that the Blue Jays should acquire this offseason and uh, play along at home too. If you have a name you'd like to see the Blue Jays get, leave a comment down below. We'll react to it and all that stuff. And uh, that should be good. But Riley, do you want to take the first pick here? Yes, and I want to just lay out how I'm playing this because this is a great game for, for a guy like this. So in my in my version of this game, Shohei Otani is not is not a name because I yeah, want to. We do talked about him a lot already, right? I want to do it as realistically as possible. So I'm going to say the five names, and I'm going to try and do it in a way where I'm not breaking the bank because I don't want to do that either. I'm talking complimentary pieces, the time in their career. And you see where I'm going with this. I like to make things realistic, Jesse, and I think it adds more fun. And I'm just going to kind of do a layup for the first one. I've mentioned this player a lot, and it goes in with with what the Blue Jays kind of needs are. And, I mean, that's that's right off the bat. I want to do Jock Peterson as an outfield choice, a guy can, who can play DH on some days. Um, the important thing here, Jesse, is, is what is the left-handed bat that can hit for power. Of course, you know all the good right-handed bats that had good power numbers 
He's been in San Francisco the last couple years. Hasn't really, again, Bragman is a guy I mentioned earlier, of course, and he has fallen down slightly. Jock, you could say the same thing for him, but Jock Peterson isn't going to cost what an Alex Bragman is going to cost. He, This is what we're talking about. I'm looking at complimentary pieces right here. These five players are what I consider complimentary pieces, and I would say Jock Peterson is one of the best available free agents that would slot very well into this lineup. Maybe not an everyday player, Jesse. Uh, we already have a good defensive outfield as it stands. I would sacrifice a little bit of that defense for a better bat. As you saw last year, the lack of hitting really got to us. And bringing Jock Peterson in and the potential he has to hit for power, I think, would do wonders for this lineup. Of course, he's not going to hit fourth for us. You could bat him in the sixth spot. And I still think he, he's going to be a good impact piece if he comes to Toronto. Left-handed bat, good power. If he's not starting, he can be a pinch hit weapon late in the game, Riley. I really do think this is a good piece. I'm actually surprised the Blue Jays haven't talked a little more about uh, Jock Peterson. Maybe they're concerned about it, but there is a lot of red on that baseball savant page. He crushes the ball and always has. I do think this could be a really nice fit that won't cost an arm and a leg to do so. Riley, I'm going to go to the trade market. Now, I do think that this first player that I want to pick won't happen. However, if it does happen... I think this could be a fantastic move, and that is getting Tyler Glasnow off the Tampa Bay Rays. There are some rumors that he is approaching free agency, and maybe Tampa would want to shed some salary. They've done this in the past with a lot of their good players. Once they start getting expensive at ARB, they do decide to move him. Tyler Glasnow, now look, the Rays aren't going to trade him within the division. I'd be very surprised if they do do so, and I'd always be worried about what prospects we send to the Rays because the odds of them turning into superstars are probably much more likely, knowing how good they are at developing prospects. But I would love to have Tyler Glasnow now on this team. The strikeouts are insane. I do think he has top five pitcher in all of baseball upside. And you know how much I love upside. Look, I'm dreaming here, but there's a spot in the rotation with security. Maybe, you know, he can't pitch as much or as long, but I would really, really love to see just the strikeout one-two combo of him and Kevin Gosman at the top of our rotation if that were to happen. Jesse, we know how effective. If this guy is at 100%, um, he's, he could be the best pitcher in baseball. Like he, his stuff is just flat out nasty. Mm -hmm. And that might even be putting it lightly, Jesse. <laughs> like he would fit well in any, in any club. And he really hasn't had, I don't truly don't think he's had his career year yet. And he's definitely like, he just hasn't, you know, injuries and things like that. It's been tough on him. Um, you want me to do my, my next guy? I'm going to have some fun with it. I see how you're doing. You're doing yours. And I want to I wanna go to my next guy. And it's kind of like if you want to give a comp uh, to a player, you know, you could say that this Jock Peterson, as I just said, I'm going to do his rightful comp. Another left-handed outfielder, a guy who I would acquire via trade, uh, J Jesse, Jack Sawinski, who we Jack were talking Sawinski, about. Jack Sawinski, okay, of the Pirates. I want to throw his name out there because I start looking at stuff on him. Look, he hasn't been a Major League Baseball player for that long. Um, he's not a highly touted prospect by any means or was not. But Sawinski is a guy who can play pretty decent outfield. He's got really, really good foot speed. And again, the power in this kid's swing. Um, he hit 26 home runs for the Pirates last year and 447 at-bats. But there is a lot of room to grow with that. And again, we're talking about another left-handed bat. I think what the price would be to get rid of him might be fairly steep. Um, as far as, you know, prospects we could have to give up. He's a, Sawinski's a for sure major league player at this point. Mm -hmm. He's proved his worth, uh, with the pirates. And if the pirates are willing to sell or get the right pieces back, their team is not in shambles by any means. But they've certainly been in kind of a rebuild phase for a long time. So I'm sure they're open. Wow, look at the pull. We have big time pull hitter um, there. That's what the Jays need, of, right? The Jays we, need we, the we pull. We don't have a lot yeah. of righties, righties who can pull the ball. Look at that. Yeah, great sprint speed too. Defense could use a little work. But the, of course, the hitting and the power is, is for real. And that's my uh, left-handed power bat, Jesse, is something I want. Tons and the Jays and their team control and what they look for. Here's a guy with a ton of team control. Mm -hmm. Sawinski would be a great, a great addition, a great complimentary piece 
to that Blue Jays outfield. The only problem I see here, Riley, is I don't know why Pittsburgh would trade at one of the young guys, their one uh, young players under team control. But if for whatever reason, Pittsburgh does sour on this guy, I'd be into it. Look, I was at PNC Park this May when the Toronto Blue Jays were in Pittsburgh. Jack Sawinski hit a home run. It didn't quite make it to the Allegheny River because very few people can hit a baseball into the Allegheny River. But it's... um. It, he impressed me, and he's a legit player. Great barrel percentage. You know, he walks a lot. He's good on the bases. He's good in the outfield. Jack Sawinski is the type of ball player that every major league team would want on their team. And look, a left-handed guy with power who can play all the outfield spots, I think that's a good route you want to go. I'm fully with you on Jack Sawinski if he does decide to get moved. Riley, I'm going to go on to my second player that I think the Blue Jays should acquire here. And it's a guy we talked about a few episodes back, but it's a, it's a guy whose name the buzz kind of faded on a little bit. But that's Jorge Soler, going back to what we've said in the past here. Yep, big power guy, a guy who's exit velocity monster, a guy who can hit um, the fastball and hit it hard. Blue Jays need more power. The Blue Jays are fine with having a DH type. I really do think Jorge Soler would probably be next on my list of Blue Jays uh, players to acquire. Dude, that's a whole lot of power in in Jorge Soler. And when you... You're, that's This is a guy who's probably going to play hardly any outfield. This is basically... Brandon Belt DH'd a lot for us last year. And if Jorge Soler, I think Jorge Soler would make a just a full-time move at designated hitter for the Toronto Blue Jays. And I get, let's not go too much into the righty-lefty stuff. Jorge Soler just mashes baseballs. Um, I think he's probably, uh, even though he's a huge guy, pound for pound, one of the strongest players in Major League Baseball anyways. Yep. And I mean... Look, he came off all over the place as far as, far as home runs go. Um, it's, this is He hit 36 last year and not even really a full full season numbers. His career high was 48 way back before COVID. 2019, I, mean, I think, yeah. 2019, well, not way back then, just before. <laughs> but this is a guy who's uh, like just notorious. If you want to talk about the tools in baseball, he might – this. if you want to call Soler a one-trick pony, that's fine. But his power is maxed right out. This is a guy who can just destroy baseballs. I'm sure his hard hit rate is ridiculous. If he gets a hold of it, it's gone. Um, you can't really miss on a guy like that. Of course, there is, Jesse, the chance that you know his batting average takes a significant dip. I think it's really good the fact that he hit 250 last year with, you know, uh, almost 100 points more with an on-base percentage, which is great to see with a guy that hit power numbers because we had guys that were playing every day that were hitting 230s. So, I mean, it would be a great addition just to have him in the lineup. And I would guess that if he was added to this team, that he would, in fact, be hitting in that cleanup spot. And that would be a very dangerous top four hitters. There is a potential for a a home run at any time uh when you would have when you face a guy like Solaire that's that's a good pull as soon as you said your second guy I knew exactly who you were <laughs> going to say I left him off my list purposefully because I I just knew that you were going there he cannot we cannot talk about available free agents and not go over Jorge Solaire and the power impact that he would have to a ball club all right, Riley, give me your next name up on your list. Who's who's next for you? Well, I'm going to do a little, I'm going to do a fun one. I'm going to do kind of what you did. I'm going to go to a guy who can probably play a little more defense than him. Not the best. Sacrifice a little bit of power in a returning player. I want to I show a little bit of love to uh, Teoscar Hernandez. Okay, I yeah. Wanna say, I want to say that, yes, and we've gone over this, like his, his numbers don't exactly scream like I'm going to have a career year next year. But we're talking, yeah, he has aged a little bit perhaps, but we're talking about complementary pieces. And Teoscar Hernandez automatically, you know, you talk about sport, professional sports as much as it is the players playing, it's still a business. Teo will, in fact, put people, bring people to the Rogers Center. People want to see him play baseball. He was a beloved Toronto Blue Jay when he was here. He's going to, he's going to sell you jerseys round two he's gonna he's gonna put asses in the seats and hopefully baseball's in the seats i doubt yep. i doubt yep. i doubt he hits 30 home runs but he's going to be a guy who hits 25 home runs and 
basically you don't you probably play him less. Again, you're probably not going to pay and break the bank for a guy like that. He's well, again, he is one of the better outfielders available. And as Jesse, you would say, the numbers under the hood don't look great. But I'm looking at strikeouts the, are the big thing. Yeah, but strikeouts are a big thing. But if he can have a big year in, in clubbing some balls and being a rub, rum producer in the middle of the lineup, just because that's what we need, Jesse. I mean, my names are pretty just guys who can drive in runs. I'm not talking. Our pitchers look fantastic. We need guys in the middle of the lineup that can be rum producers. Teo can be one of those guys if he has a good season. I could be eating these words if we do take on Teo and he hits 205 and has a, a 34% strikeout rate. Then it looks terrible. And he's not so much a fan favorite anymore. Then that deal looks really sour. If Teo is successful, then that is one of the better re-signings for a Blue Jay to come back because everybody loves Teoscar Hernandez. A fit in the clubhouse and a guy we know can fit in the clubhouse is never a bad idea. It's just... I don't really miss those Teoscar uh, blunders in the outfield. And uh, if I had to live through those again, that might be a little tough. But look, the fit is still there. Teoscar got better in the second half with Seattle. Maybe that's something he carries over into his next season. Who knows? Riley, we're running low on time. So I'm just going to give you my next three just right here running off the hop. Um, I want to give an honorable mention to Yariel Rodriguez, who's um, a Cuban uh, relief pitcher who was pitching in Japan, but massive strikeout numbers, big thing. Could be a nice Jordan Hicks replacement, um, but not the one I'm going to go with. I do think the Blue Jays need to add a starting pitching depth type, preferably a swingman. So I got names like Tyler Malley, Jacob Junis, and Seth Lugo. Seth Lugo is the one I want to mention here. I really do think the Blue Jays should get him. I know I've mentioned in the past, I really want the Blue Jays to get a right-handed hitting, power hitting third baseman that can platoon with Kevin Biggio until one of these young guys are ready. I think Evan Longoria really does fit that mold. A guy who, look, is, is definitely past his prime, but a guy I do think could make a nice leap up there. And um, I wanted to mention one other name. Um, I don't know if I have it here on my list with me, um, but if it comes to me, I'll mention it. But yeah, a guy like that, Riley, that I really think the Blue Jays could really go out and get. Um, if you have a quick thought on that, go ahead. If not, do you want to just go out with your next two? I'll go out, I'll just lace them together because yeah. I want to find a depth. You you reminded me there. I talked a lot about power hitting outfielders, which is all fine and dandy because at the end of the day, the Blue Jays need that more than anything. We're talking fifth starter for me right now. I want to talk about the fifth guy in the rotation. Let's assume Alec Manoa still has some issues in spring training. Let's sure. assume T we, we, we go with, okay, Tiedemann is pitching Great, not exceptional, so let's keep him down for a little bit longer and that Mitch White isn't, in fact, that guy. I have two names. Jesse, you're going to hate both of these names, especially the one, because I <laughs> see a lot in both of these pitchers. I wanted to get the one last year, and I think I wanted to get the one either the year before. Jack Flaherty and Frankie Montas. I okay, love, yep. I, they both had horrendous years last year. They, they really did. I think Montas was hurt. But they, was, when, they, yeah. when they are at their best, Frankie Montes throws smoke, has a good... The uh, splitter like, is good. Throws, the splitter is still throws good. Great, throws great breaking stuff. Um, Jack Flaherty obviously went to Baltimore, and it has not really found success. I think it might be... I, I don't know what it was. He did well in this first little bit of his career, and I still think, you know, maybe needs to be treated as a fifth starter kind of has to go through some rehabilitation of finding his way back into a rotation. But at the end of the day, if those two guys are low cost, then I, I don't see any reason why if, if again, I, I doubt that they get offered unless it's an Arizona uh, or not Arizona. That's a bad example to use since they just made the world series. <laughs> what am I thinking? If it's, bottom, it's, if it's a bottom of the league team, they would offer the multi-years. But if we're going at them and offering them a one-year deal or something like that, I would be more than happy with that to see how that experiment worked. I apologize to any Arizona Diamondback fan listening. I did not do that on purpose. 
I simply <laughs> used a World Series losing team as an example for a bad team. I feel like I've used that. That's <laughs> hey, they didn't win. If you're not first, you're last, right? Oh no, but they deserve a ton of respect. They deserve a ton of respect. I feel like they were the laughing stock of the MLB for too long. I ca- I'm glad I caught myself with that one. Oh boy, no, they had a hell of a season. They had a hell of a season. Yeah, Ricky Bobby, if you ain't first, you're last. But guess what? They put on a damn good show. Um, for for what they were, they defeated a lot of odds there. Anyways, we're not a D-backs pod. Blue Jays, I like Flaherty. I like Montas. I'm just going to talk about players I like. So why not? If it's a one-year deal, I'm down with that experiment. I know you're not big on Flaherty. I'm, you're probably a bit higher on Montas, but I don't know. That's what I got for you for the, my last two. Look, um, first of all, if you're an Arizona Diamondbacks fan and you're listening to a small Toronto Blue Jays podcast in the middle of winter... Um, Props to you. Leave a comment down below and tell us your love for the D-backs because we'd love to have you. Welcome aboard to the Toronto Blue Jays. You must be a big Dalton Varshow fan if you're kicking around here still. Um, second thing, look, I'm always in the camp. There's no such thing as a bad one-year deal, right? We know Frankie Montas and Jack Flaherty have both been upside pitchers in the past. I I think it's more likely for Montas than it is for Flaherty that they come back, but I do love upside and both of them do carry upside. There is a non-zero chance. They spark it up and they get going good. Um, I would be okay on a one-year deal with any of those players because look, at the end of the day, the Blue Jays need pitching depth and these guys can provide pitching depth. So I'm with you on that, Riley. Um, We didn't mention Cody Bellinger, Josh Hader, any really other reliever type. Um, Blake Snell, we didn't mention. Out of those top free agent names, uh, Otani aside, is there any one name that you think, okay, I would like that on this team? I think there was a time where like, I think this has kind of fallen a little bit is the, is the Cody Bellinger. And the more I see on social media and things that like, I, I don't think it'll be worth it. Cause he's, he's another guy who's going to get paid and maybe not live up to the, like, you know, dollar amount that he's going to get attached to with the term. I don't think he's our best option. I was pretty high on Bellinger. I'm thinking less, you know, probably more so now, um, and as far as other things go, I mean, there's, there's a guy in, there's a guy in Reese Hoskins that has the potential to be a good, yeah, first, him too. a yep. good first baseman. Like, I don't know, man, like there's, this isn't necessarily it, aside from Shohei Otani, who's clearly the best number one available free agent. Snell is a free agent. He just won a Cy Young, but I, I don't want to, win. Blake Snell would be great. He's not what this ball club needs. I, I will flat out say that uh, is like, we need a complimentary piece. We need to invest our money into the position players that are going to drive in and p- produce the runs for this ball club and find that really good bottom of the rotation starting pitcher. Of course, Jesse, you're big on bullpen guys. I think that comes later in free agents. If we're looking to make a move yeah. make it now. or the trade deadline, because the, the blue Jays have always been known to add high impact relievers at the deadline. For sure. And we, we've done that the last few seasons uh, of course. Yeah. And we actually, you know, DFA'd one of those in, in, in Simber as well. Um, yep. So there goes it fair. Pretty, I think that's the end of farewell to the relief pitchers. And what was it? Brad? No. Garcia, sorry, we still have we still have Jimmy Garcia, um, but Trevor was, Richards was a deadline acquisition too yeah. a few years ago, and yeah. yeah, so we still have a few kicking around. Yep, but uh, you know, however you want to work it out, but I, I still I still think it's got to be a uh, a high impact player, a position player that's going to hit and hit well. And I mean, woo, Shohei's up there, but uh, I, again, pitching isn't really an ace pitcher isn't really what we need. Um, and at the end of the day, if we do lockdown Shohei Otani are the Toronto Blue Jays accountants are going to have one hell of a time (laughs) figuring out stuff I mean I wouldn't put that task upon them but I mean it's going to be it's going to be um historical when that deal happens I will say that no matter where he goes it will be historical I am fully prepared for my phone and internet bill to rise once the Blue Jays sign Shohei Otani, and I think that'll be worth it every single time if we can make that happen here. Um, Riley, I have one more piece of news uh, about the Toronto Blue Jays, and this is an off-field thing with the Toronto Blue Jays, but it's one I think you know quite well, um, and that's the Blue Jays have decided to let go of longtime radio voice Ben Wagner. And um, uh, I know you like to listen to a lot of Toronto Blue Jays games, and I do a lot in spring training. I love Ben Wagner, and it's after six seasons, the voice of radio broadcast. They've decided not to renew his contract for next season. They wish him the very best. And um, 
thank you for sharing his voice across Canada and all this stuff. Look, Riley, Ben Wagner has been a very good voice for the Toronto Blue Jays for quite a while here now. And I know it's going to be sad to see him go. I don't know what the reason was behind this decision. Maybe Ben Wagner just wanted a bigger contract. Maybe the Blue Jays are deciding to scrap the radio broadcast altogether. Remember, they did this during COVID. Remember, they wanted to just simulcast the TV broadcast on the radio. Um, ben Wagner wasn't traveling with the team. So maybe he decided, I if I'm going to call radio games, I need to travel with the team. And maybe they decided to cut fun somewhere. Maybe sports radio in Canada is just not it anymore. I do not know. It's one of these things, but I know you have some words on uh, Ben Wagner. So go ahead and say what you got to say. I, I, I hope that there was a mutual feeling for, for Ben Wagner not wanting to do this because if he did indeed want this, then it's absolutely garbage. He did a fantastic yeah. job. One of the best, I would say. He, so good, Jesse. So good. Uh, that if, if, if this is not his call, I think it's outrageous. Like you're not going to find a better guy in the game right now calling baseball games the way he did. Um, I don't know what's next. Of course, I won't be disappointed if they do just put the the you know the TV dialogue and and voice into the radio and whatever else. But it's not the same. It's not I the mean, same. There is and that's a clear thing, yeah. difference. If you sit down, that's one thing I love. And people, how can you listen to sports on the radio? Well, it's because I have an imagination. I've listened to enough baseball that I can close my eyes and picture what's happening on the field. I love listening to baseball on the radio. It's old timey in a lot of different ways. It's 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 great. You can multitask. You're not fixated. You can play the play in your head. Of course, you're not going to see it exactly. But if you've been around the game of baseball and you've listened to radio, you should know exactly what's going on to some sort of degree. I think Ben Wagner was great. I listened to him a lot this year. I was excited to listen to him in the 2024 campaign. That's not happening. I'm super disappointed. Again, I hope it was more of a mutual thing. I, I really hope Rogers didn't just decide or SportsCenter or whoever just didn't decide. Nope, because he did a hell of a job. And it, I hope he finds basically, I don't know how you can top that in your field. I hope he finds equally great work. In, in the next part of his career, because Ben Wagner, you did a, a heck of a job. And Jesse and I here at Buds and Blue Jays, mm -hmm. thank you for, for your time with this ball club. And I, I hey, I don't think we're going to get a better a better guy than that. So whoever's next, you have steep and you know tall boots to fill. But Ben, thank you for what you did. And uh, we move on. I hope they can find a room for him on the TV side because Ben Wagner is very, very good at what he does. Spring training baseball without Ben Wagner's voice is not the same for me. It does seem like um, the Blue Jays might go with Dan Shulman's kid. Um, ben, I think his name is, who might come up. And um, he did a little few radio hits with the team. Look, his Dan Shulman's one of the best broadcasters of all time. So maybe he might be the guy in grooming. Maybe that's in his contract. I have no idea what's going to go next. Those are all speculations. I did want to say I got a cameo from Ben Wagner back in March to uh, announce my keepers for my fantasy baseball team. And he did it in like his cottage in spring training. And uh, it was about a, maybe a two minute video from Ben Wagner. And it was all very cool. He seemed like a cool down to earth guy. I told him to roast some of the guys in our team a little bit. And he called them a bunch of junkies and stuff. And uh, he, he, he just seems like a genuine good dude. He's got his baseball persona, but he also seems like he's the type of guy you could have fun with outside of a baseball industry. He just seems like a genuine good dude. And look, he's hardworking. He'll find on his feet. Maybe, hey, if he wants a job and be our third co-host here on Buds and Blue Jays, the seat's open, Ben Wagner. Come join us. The pay won't be nearly as good, but uh, we'll have you on our show here. So best of luck to you, Mr. Wagner. There will be, uh, we, at this point, we do this out of the kindness and love in our hearts. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, if he if he wanted to come aboard, I mean, I'm I'm out. <laughs> My chair is being filled somewhere else. But he will. He is good enough that he is going to find a, a another professional gig. And if it's in television, great. If it's in radio, um, I hope that it's equal to to what you did for the Toronto Blue Jays. All right, Chris Johnson of NHL Network just tweeted the words Shohei Otani, and I do not know what this means, but he is a big NHL newsbreaker, works for TSN, NHL Network. So I think we're at that point of the offseason where one reporter who doesn't even cover baseball tweets about a baseball, and now we're all going insane and going wild. So uh, I guess buckle up. This next week or two before we get to the trade deadline 
is going to be crazy. Um, but that's going to do it for our episode here today. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Once again, please like the video, subscribe to the channel. We really want to get to that 500 subscribers mark. So that way we can go live on YouTube and anywhere else you can go so we can start doing live recordings, get your questions in and stuff, and we can put them up on screen and we can chat with you live and be more personal. And we really want to make sure we get there. So please make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel. Riley, any last words before we head out of here today? Yeah, just one real quick. Uh, Blue Jays just posted. We ate, we as a team, as mm-hmm. fans at the Rogers Center, ate 693,865 hot dogs at at this year for the for for Looney Dog or Looney Dogs this year. That's enough hot dogs to cover the infield 85 times. <laughs> Could you imagine? Bam. 80, 85 rows of hot That's a lot of hot dogs, man. Um, that's that's insane. Um, that's a lot of Talk hot Talk about dogs. renovations, eh? Wow. Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> That's good. Whatever gets you to the diamond, if if uh, if they did if they did Looney Draft, that we would have enough to to fill the entire Rogers Center of empty solo cups. Unfortunately, a dollar beer is a bad idea. I've seen it. Yeah, they've tried that in Major League Baseball. Yep. I think the Detroit Tigers did it against Cleveland. Cleveland did it once too. Yep. Cleveland. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's where that bad story. A lot of fights and and things like that. Uh, worst place to probably do that would be Boston. Boston would be the worst. <laughs> the worst part, of course, my 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 name, if you didn't know, is Irish, and the um, the Irish people in Boston who also like their beers. Um, things mm-hmm. would get a little bit rowdy at at Fenway. I wouldn't be surprised if someone jumped or got pushed off the Green Monster. It wouldn't be a very good scene. All right. Well, that'll be it. We'll see you guys next week, if not sooner, if a big, massive move is made sooner than then. Until then, guys, like the video, subscribe to the channel. We will see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. 